Hey guys, it's JD here. Just want to give you a quick heads up on this week's episode. Uh, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with the audio. Uh, there's some, uh, oh, look, I'll be honest, some kind of annoying crackling and popping that happens uh, in this recording, uh, especially as we get towards the end of the episode. And then at one point, uh, the, epi- the the noise just got uh, un- uh, unbearable, and so we have a pretty sudden conclusion to the episode. Uh, we apologize for that. I'm going to look into it and figure out exactly what was going on. Michelle's going to tell you it's because I decided to record this episode in bed. I don't think that was the case. I think I've got a bad cable somewhere. Doesn't matter. I apologize for the audio quality. We'll get it all sorted out in time for the next episode. I assure you it is still listenable, but there's some snap crackle popping going on in there. Be prepared for it. And without further ado then, here's our Shrew's Nest episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is Michelle, and who's here with me? JD! It's JD! It's always JD. It's always JD. Awesome. JD's laid up in bed trying to record this podcast in a relaxing posture, and man, what a mistake that was, guys. You look you guys anything can't, but you, relaxed right now. No, it's uh, it was this was a it was a great idea in theory in execution. It was terrible. Uh, you probably won't ever notice the difference, but I'm the kind of guy who's going to make sure you know. So there you go. JD's uh, recording this from in bed this evening. <laughs> very. And I am jogging eight miles on a treadmill right now. I'm very much into fitness. <laughs> <laughs> you and me they both. Yeah, love it. Love running and recording. Uh, sure. Well, hello. If you have uh, just tuned in for the first time, hi, we watch Shudder. Um, Shudder is a horror streaming service. It has horror adjacent movies and we love it. They don't pay us money, which means that we get to sometimes talk about movies that we hate, which is really convenient for us because... You know, we kind of love to hate them sometimes. Um, today yeah, it's definitely we... nice oh. to uh, to be able to express uh, negative opinions <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel bad giving them like bad scores, which I mean happens um, sometimes, and I I just I don't like it. I feel bad. I'm a soft person, but it's good to know that we have the freedom to do so if we want to. And we're always going to make sure that you know the difference between, like, did we think this was a bad movie or did we think this was a fucking bad movie? You know, well, (laughs) some of them, they just don't quite work, right? They're noble efforts, but they just don't all come together. And some of them are trash, but not all of them. Why are we suddenly talking about how we hate movies on this horror movie podcast, Michelle? Because I said we love to hate, and then we had to go on. Now I'm curious to know how we feel about today's movie. I am too. Shrew's Nest. Shrew's Nest. So Shrew's Nest, which is Monsignor... Nope, I tried. Um, JD, you speak Spanish. What's, what, first yes? of all, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> well, you understand it better than me. <laughs> uh, what uh, what name are we looking at? I was looking at the original title of Musaranas, which uh, I believe means shrews. I, I, I thought I could right. pronounce it, but after two and a half years of Duolingo, I still have no idea how to not sound like Peggy Hill. Well, Como Manzanas. <laughs> for what it's worth, I'm not even on a page that shows me that original name, so you're a step up mm-hmm. on me. 
Yay. Okay, Yay. well, Musaranyas, <laughs> Shrew's Nest, is the movie that we're reviewing today. Uh, we didn't have a new exclusive or original out on Shutter this week, so we decided to watch something from the catalog that we have not seen. This is uh, the oldest exclusive in their catalog that we have not seen, and I believe neither of us had seen it before tonight. No, correct? I had not I had not seen mm-hmm. this film before watching it uh, just earlier this evening. I got done with it about an hour and a half ago. Uh, first time uh, I've ever taken a look at it, so this is a okay. this is a whole experience for us and everybody else. Michelle, awesome, yeah. Uh, so uh, sometimes uh, we read the description, uh, or as I've taken to calling it, the descripty script uh, mm-hmm. from the Shutter website. But sometimes we don't. Are we going to do that today or not? We are not going to read the descripty script of this one. It gives a little too much away. We are definitely not going to read it. I do want to read part of it. I want to read a little bit from that second part uh, mm-hmm. where it talks about some of the accolades the movie received just to give people For a little sure. bit of a... Yeah, so what it says here, there's a whole section where it gives you some plot details and there's just too much there. Uh, but then it goes on to talk about uh, some things here. Uh, Macarena Gomez, uh, who is uh, one of the stars of the film. First of all, uh, I love the fact that her name is Macarena. I'm sure uh, somebody is going to find that somewhat insensitive, but I'm sorry. Uh, in America, hey, Macarena, I bet she gets that all the time. My name, I'm just, J- she's so tired of it, but I really do. Right. I mean, legit. look, guys, I call myself, <laughs> I literally call myself JD because my first name is Jeremiah, and I'm so tired of people calling me uh, a bullfrog, right? It's been literally my entire life. So I'm right there with you, hey, Macarena hey, Gomez. Hey Jeremiah, were you Stop a were it. you a bullfrog? I will you light you on fire, Michelle. <laughs> I will light you on fire. Anyway, it says here yeah. uh, about Shrews. I'm also Michelle my bell, so I get it. I get uh, it. And my Michelle, yeah. There's a lot of Michelles yep, out there. Yep. Uh, there's Shrew's one song Nest, about Michelle uh, being directed, a and I believe yeah. also co-written, uh, co-written and co-directed by Juan Fer Andres and Esteban Roel. Uh, and then it says, Macarena Gomez received a Goya nomination for her chilling lead performance in this gory grand damn guignol, which pays homage to whatever happened to Baby Jane and Misery. Produced by Spanish horror master Alex de la Iglesia, a Shutter exclusive contains violence and gore. That's always a good indication. Contains <laughs> violence and gore. Uh, so Michelle, why don't we uh, why don't we give people uh, uh, some spoiler free thoughts here, uh, especially Absolutely. considering man how how <laughs> how did we feel about this movie? We're all about to find out together. Do you want to go first or should I? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, you go right I'm ahead. So curious. Um, if you're new to this, we never talk about the movie until we start recording because half of the fun for us is just figuring out how the other person felt about it. I loved this i did not expect to love it at all it's very slow in the beginning but then uh when it ramps up it really ramps up and it makes all of those tense moments in the beginning that feel a little too long and dramatic and makes them totally totally worth it i was very surprised by this i watched it with a friend of mine and uh they kind of near the beginning i was like are are you paying attention to this movie and he's like yeah no i kind of am it's just and i was like yeah okay i was i was just curious and then near the end both of us were just transfixed this one um takes a little bit to get there but then oh boy uh it gets there all right i'm surprised that i am giving this a 4.5 skull out of five rating Four and a half skulls from Michelle on Shrew's Nest. 
and so uh, I took a look at this movie here this evening, uh, and uh, I don't entirely disagree with you uh, on this. This is actually getting really, really weird because, yeah, I... Uh, there are moments in the script of this movie where a couple of things are, they happen kind of conveniently, uh, and there's a little bit of just, uh, you know, some, some horrifying deus ex machina that goes on, uh, you know, some, uh, some things that I think could have been handled a little bit more deftly and interestingly in the scripting. Uh, but overall, I thought this was a really uh, interesting uh, and well-executed film about uh, uh, about trauma and about secrets uh, and about <laughs> violence <laughs> uh, and gore <laughs> and gore for sure. Uh, I really, uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I uh, I came down on a four skull on this one. Awesome. So that gives us a 4.25 out of 5 skull average, which, I mean, we don't always agree, but this one is definitely, check it out. If if you think that this might be something that is your cup of tea, definitely go watch it. Um, I, I truly think that if you can sit through the beginning and like slow horror and just yeah. tense build up isn't really your thing, it does truly pay off. It's, uh, it's and, and what they say, I, I brought this up specifically uh, and read that portion of the description specifically because uh, I think it's very important. Uh, the, those two films that they mentioned there, Whatever Happened to mm -hmm. Baby Jane and Misery, the entire time I was watching this movie, uh, I was like, uh, you know, because I'm always also trying to figure out, like, what kind of horror movie is this, right? You know, especially for one that I don't know a lot about. Uh, I would say this film... Um, it has uh, if you're a fan of of Stephen King and his more his more real world stuff like misery like uh, 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 Gerald's game you know the stuff that's not quite as fantastical and 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 you know things like it or uh, 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 Dreamcatcher that sort of thing uh, or even I would say like if you're into stuff like like Silence of the Lambs, you know that that sort of uh, uh, it's uh, it's definitely in that thriller realm. In that uh, I I don't even know that I would ne I personally would necessarily call this a horror movie, except for uh, than it is <laughs> towards the, like for the longest time I was like oh this is this is more just kind of a moody thing. And then oh man it is. But uh, if you're into that sort mm -hmm. of thing, I think Shrew's Nest is definitely going to be for you. It does have an overall five skull aggregate rating on Shutter right now from all of the user submitted reviews. Um, and you know the uh, if you're not familiar with the Goyas, uh, uh, if I understand correctly, it's basically the Spanish version of the Oscars. Uh, and so this was uh, this was a well heralded film. Uh, I think a lot of you, who even if you're not super into horror movies in general, this might be one that you're able to enjoy. Yeah, if you have a really low uh, threshold for fear, I think this one's not really going to scare you. It's just going to intrigue you more than anything. And I if know you have, have a, some people out there who hate scary. Yeah, if you have a low threshold, however, for gore and violence, you. <laughs> might want to avoid this one. <laughs> but you might want to check it out too. You exactly. Know, a little dangerously. <laughs> All right. So if you guys, yeah. if, if maybe we've convinced you that you want to go check this one out before we get into the spoilers, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Uh, make sure you come back after you're done and listen to the rest of the episode. Uh, but uh, go ahead and hit that pause button right about now. 
All right, Michelle. So hopefully they all came back. If they didn't, uh, look, mm-hmm. frankly, I don't care. I'm here to talk about movies. Whether or not people listen is secondary. This is an ego trip all of my own. Uh, and so with that in mind, why don't you start by telling us a bit mm-hmm. about this movie, maybe break out down the plot a little bit for those who aren't necessarily uh, interested in going back to watch it and just want to hear us uh, uh, comment on it. For sure. Uh, so first off, I'm listening to you, JD. So you have at least one person who cares about your thoughts. Uh, on to the plot. So this is about a woman named Monse and her younger sister. Pause for just sister. a moment. Oh, Do you no. really care about my thoughts or are you just listening to my thoughts to also be able to include your thoughts? I legitimately want to hear your thoughts on movies. <laughs> you he- you pick up on things that I do not. Ever Aww. since that Mad God episode, I'm like, JD's that brilliant. This was a great so idea. That goddamn good. Oh. You, you're like, it doesn't <laughs> Guys, have a lot of plot. And then you, you explained a lot seen, of plot. <laughs> yeah, if you still haven't seen Mad God, go watch it. Holy shit. That movie yeah, is fantastic. This movie is anyway, not Mad God. <laughs> we're talking about Shrew's Nest. Michelle, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Monse is a woman who lives with her younger sister. Their parents died. Her mother died uh, when she was giving birth to the little sister who never actually has a name. They just call her me or Mana or the girl in the credits. Um, She's not given a name until the very, very end. So Monse lives with the younger sister taking care of her. Um, She's been raising her her whole life. Uh, Monse works as a seamstress and has massive agoraphobia and she doesn't like that her little sister goes out into the world and has a job and has men who are interested in her and she's just not a huge fan of all that. One day a man knocks at her door. He has fallen down the stairs, broken his leg and needs help and she doesn't want to help him but she does. Eventually she panics but she grabs all of his stuff, drags him into the apartment, sets him up in a nice spare bedroom and says, oh the doctor came to visit you. I can take care of you while you heal because you live by yourself. And immediately you're like, oh, God, this is misery. I definitely felt the misery and what happened to baby Jane vibes right at that moment. And you don't know, like, how unhinged is Monse? She takes uh, morphine just to keep things at bay. She sees her dead father mocking her um, in their house. Um, She's definitely kind of abusive towards the little sister and um, kind of not a great. Well, okay, (laughs) yes, I'm. She whipped her with a stick. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus, yeah. like that was so okay. She is abusive. First, that's the first <laughs> taste of just like where this movie is gonna go in in extremity on that level, and uh, it's not even that. Like, I mean, it's she gets cut right, and there's a little bit of blood, mm-hmm. uh, but there's something about that idea. I think it's probably because we associate a switch with childhood and child discipline, uh, and there's just something vicious. And and just there's an extra level of just meanness uh, involved there, even if it's not overall the most violent or gory thing that you're gonna see eventually in this film. Man, that just the way that popped in took me very much by surprise. I had forgotten about that because I watched it a few days ago. So yes, very abusive. <laughs> My bad. Um, I was thinking more like the way that she berates her and stuff. Uh, I completely forgot. Yeah, no, she uh, she left marks. It's not good. Um, so yeah, she's she's definitely not doing great. This poor Montse. Uh, and that's kind of like the overall plot of the movie that they give you a 
in some of the kind in the descriptions of the movie and stuff. But then shit goes haywire. It goes so haywire. Bonkers. Goes bonkers. bonkers. Straight up bananas. <laughs> yeah. Um, which part who dies? Okay. Uh, so the, the sister goes to visit Carlos and keeps saying like, you need to get out of here. She's nutso. And he's like, but I can't get out of here because I was running away because I impregnated a girl and we were going to get married. So I can't go back to my apartment. And the lady's like, bitch, you got to get out of here. And Carlos (laughs) is like, but I can't. Marriage is scary. And she's like, you're going to die. And he's like, I hate commitment. Uh, so he stays. And then, uh, the, the little sister, who I say little sister, but keep in mind these are adults. She's just the younger sister. It's not like right. a 10-year-old or something. Right. Um, she goes up to Carlos's apartment where his fiance is and catches her and takes the key and goes downstairs and barges into the apartment where Monse finds her. And uh, what did she hit her with? Uh, um, it's some sort of, uh, like it's like a, a desk stand crucifix, but it's got this weird yeah. like three-pronged base. And she it's swings that base at her, and one of the prongs of the base stabs her in the throat. Uh, yep. And then she bleeds out very quickly. <laughs> because and of then Carlos she did. is she like, got her throat ripped in half. <laughs> yeah, and Carlos is like, oh, I'm sad about this. I didn't want to marry her, but I'm really sad, and now I'm kind of freaked out. And then he tries to escape while Monse is sawing up this woman in the apartment. <laughs> And uh, then he gets caught and his leg is sewn to the bed to avoid him leaving. That was... Oh man, that that, that that was intense. Um, then uh, Monse's clients come over, and it's a seamstress and her niece who is getting ready for her wedding. And uh, while Monse is like checking out Carlos or something, the one girl pulls down a piece of fabric, and there's a headless corpse on the body form. Yeah, um, and yeah, then she moves like for, a hat. Yeah, her body <laughs> form for seamstress work is just a a dismembered corpse right it's, it's like yep. the, the head and the extremities the are removed but <laughs> oh, oh it was yeah she's like oh i gotta keep this these things are expensive and then she moves a hat and the hat was sitting on uh the fiance's head so yeah. she was like i i'm practical i will use this lady and that's just like monse what you doing that that girl you you <laughs> this is not how you do it so then of course those two have to die and then uh the it's little sister comes back involving knitting needles by the way yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot in this um that i was not expecting no based yeah on the, the, first the, half the violence really yeah. ramps up uh, especially Ooh. in the in the big climactic sequence the last 15 minutes or so of the film the violence just goes haywire yeah and then uh, the little sister comes back downstairs and then she's like, whoa, shit's crazy. And then she tries to help Carlos get out of the apartment. And of course, that goes as be- about as well as you'd expect. And then, you know, you have the typical back and forth. But what it boils down to is Monse reveals to her, hey, you know how you're sad that you don't have a picture with your mom because our mom died giving childbirth or giving childbirth, giving birth to you? Well, I have a picture of you with your mother and pulls out a picture of herself holding a baby and and I saw that coming, but I was still like, oh, my God, this movie, because Monse was raped by her father and then gave birth to this girl and uh, let the girl believe that she w- 
was her sister because it was so horrific. And then when the father started to seem like he was going to do the same thing to the little sister, Monse straight up murdered him, which is the best thing that she did in this whole movie. Yep. And then she hid him in the apartment and said, he went off to war and he left us here. Um, so that was a big reveal. And then... Uh, the the little sister helps Carlos out of the apartment into the stairwell and he says I don't know your name and she whispers to him so we don't know the name either and he says that's a beautiful name and then he's barely breathing and she leaves him and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> now she doesn't just leave him goes back into the apartment mm-hmm. and shuts the door uh, which yeah. I thought was uh, <laughs> a very clear ending of what they were trying to say but also who real bleak uh, but uh, uh yeah. that I, that's also par for the course for this movie because yeah not only is it very violent uh very aggressively gory there's a lot of blood in this movie there's a lot of of really sudden violence uh the effect of that dude's leg sewn oh. to the mattress was incredibly Even just effective. as we're getting shots of it healing just as it's black and blue like yeah. i knew it was going to get there's like a huge lump he's getting sick from how bad it is yeah. as those are showing i'm like this movie has a lot more coming i think it it was gross it yeah was really and gross. <laughs> uh part of what i liked so much about this movie uh is that um a lot of the and it also feeds into where I think the movie made a couple of missteps is for the first hour or so of this movie, they don't really spoon feed you anything. Uh, it's clear enough that if you're paying attention and you follow the details, you can sort out what's happening, right? Like they don't just tell you flat out that the the that uh, Monse has agoraphobia and hasn't left the apartment in like 18, 20 years. Right. They don't tell you that, but they slowly layer things on and on through some of like the that older lady that she gets her morphine from some of the things that they talk about. Uh, there is that sequence where where Monse uh, uh, whips uh, the girl uh, with the switch and the girl uh, runs out of the apartment and Monse freezes at the door. Uh, and at that moment, I was like, oh, so what she's like, I just assumed it's like, OK, she's going to lock her out there and not let her into the apartment tonight. Right. And then it slowly builds all of these layers onto itself and you slowly understand what's going on without it being it's not. I thought it was a perfect balance of not too direct, but not too obscured. Does that make sense? Yeah. um, Yeah. Something that I forgot to mention um, was that very opening Mm -hmm. where the little girl is recounting uh, when she was little, how her sister would come into her room to read bedtime stories. And they were these horrific, scary, sad stories. And she would pretend to be asleep to make it stop. And then they show that the girl has been reading the Bible. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing where they're just giving you things. It's like that is very bold. Yeah. Um, That's a very bold statement at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. it doesn't spoon feed, but it yeah, it and then of course clear. you 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 definitely pick up right away. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the dad is a ghost or some sort of presence in her own mind in those adult scenes. Um, the but the place where I feel like it missteps is uh, don't get me wrong. I I, uh, I appreciate the story of, of trauma here, and I thought they used. Uh, those elements of child abuse in a way that wasn't um, 
for shock value only and exploitational, I feel like it does play a pivotal role in understanding this the plot. But they get to that moment where they've been doing all of this really tasteful and, and effective and enjoyable layering of ideas to let you sort it all out yourself. And then they just give you all the rest of it in that monologue, right? They just give it all to you. Oh, no, dad's dead. I killed him because he used to rape me every night because he thought I was mom uh, and he was going to do the same thing to you. Uh, so I killed him. Uh, like, I, I felt like there might have been a way uh, to lead into that or or, or present that uh, in, in a similar fashion to what they had been doing uh, with the rest of the film. I just felt like, uh, like they almost felt like they got to a point where it's like, okay, we have to just unload all the rest of this on, on you uh, so that we can get on with the movie. And so that I felt was a little lacking uh, just in the, in the way that, that part of the story is revealed. Uh, and then uh, I, I don't know at all what the point is of not telling us the girl's name. I don't understand that element of this at all. Uh, it doesn't, at least as far as I can tell, it doesn't tie into the plot anywhere. There's not a reason, like every, like not even the the client, uh, uh, Dona Puri, uh, the, she doesn't even speak. The, she just calls her the girl, right? She never, and I don't understand what the point of that was. Uh, and I thought it was, it felt like something they did just to be a little extra mysterious, uh, but it didn't have a, a lot of punch for me. I feel like there might be something there that I missed. I agree with you. I was uh, when I went to prepare for this episode and was grabbing the IMDb. I was like, right, she doesn't have a name because then I saw the cast, and it it's just such a like non-point that I had completely forgotten that that was an element of it. And that's the final piece of dialogue is in regards to that. So it feels like that should be more important. And I don't know if I also missed it. I mean, this is also a, a movie from, uh, where is this one from? It's I know it's Spanish. in Spanish. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, from Spain. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember the country. I'm pretty sure it's from uh, Spain. It is from Spain. Okay. Um, but maybe it's like a cultural thing that we're maybe missing, which is possible. Sure. Um, but it could also just be like that there wasn't as much of a point as we all thought there should be. Um, it, it was just kind of weird that that was such a big thing at the end. It wasn't e until he even said that at the end that I realized like, oh, yeah, she hasn't had a name this whole time. Huh? That's kind of odd. Like it wasn't a big deal well, to me. I caught on to that um, right away. I was like, why are they not I did telling not. us her name? I'm awful with names, so I was just like, oh, yeah, the girl. That makes sense. I don't remember her name either. Well, and that's when I... I, <laughs> I thought I just forgot like, it. I, I started to try to come up with possible theories. I was like, oh, okay, is this maybe going to be like... Like, was she was she never given a name? Like, like is she literally a nameless person? Mm. Is is that part of this trauma and, and whatever is going on here? Uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, there were elements of the story that didn't make sense to me and, and certain parts of where they played it off. Also, um, I don't know about you. Uh, but, and it might have something to do with Macarena Gomez's performance as Monse just being so beautifully unhinged, uh, just 
amazingly executed. She does such a great job as Monse in this film. Uh, I thought uh, the fella who plays Carlos, uh, I believe that's Hugo Silva, uh, I thought was very flat for, for the entire movie. Like, like there were moments where I thought he should be a little bit more histrionic than he was, a little bit more flipping out. Uh, he, he, he just... Uh, and again, I, I don't know if that's a matter of, of Gomez's performance just overwhelming uh, his presence on the screen or what, because she definitely commands the screen in every scene she's in. Um, but uh, on the flip side of that, though, I thought Luis Tosar as the father did an incredible job of being menacing and... Uh, abusive, like very patently, obviously abusive and menacing without ever raising his voice. He never shouts at the girl. He just demeans her, right? Just digs in and tells her how she's awful and how she's terrible and nobody will ever love her. Uh, I thought his performance as the father was really excellent and helped uh, to tie a lot of this together. Yeah, I mean, I don't really disagree with any of those points too much. Um, I think if uh, Hugo Silva, uh, a.k.a. Carlos, had gone a little bit more extreme with his um, reactions, it might have sure. been too much, like him feeding off of Macarena right. and vice versa, and that's why he was very sick well, in the movie. He's also, uh, he hasn't gotten any medical care. And so also I think for that's a lot of the movie, the more I sit here and think about it, he was supposed to be kind of morphined up. And there were a couple of moments where exactly. the morphine started to wear off, where he did get a little caught up in the pain. You know who I thought gave a brilliant performance in the just the small fraction of the movie she was in? And I don't know the actress's name, uh, but the actress who played Elise, uh, Carlos's uh, pregnant fiance. Uh, she's only on screen for a mm -hmm. few minutes, but man, she was perfect, right? She just got that that saucy attitude. You could also <laughs> look. Don't get me wrong. Carlos is a tool, right? He's a dick for abandoning this lady who uh, is carrying his child and who thought he was going to marry her. Uh, you know, if you don't want to marry her, fine. Sit down and talk about it like adults and figure out how to deal with this. Don't shirk your responsibilities. But by the same token, you can also feel immediately at least a little bit of why he maybe really wanted to get away from her. <laughs> She's very tense and very aggressive and very domineering. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I thought her performance was stellar. I really enjoyed that uh, little drop-in by that actress. I loved her. If I was ever abducted, I would want somebody to bust that down door down and come find me with my leg uh, right. all messed up and be like, we're going right. home, we're getting married well, now. I, I, That's how I got my husband. I, 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 found I, him I in also apartment. immediately <laughs> noticed, and I have to believe this was a deliberate choice, uh, she's a larger woman than either Monse or the girl, right? And by larger, she's tall. She's significantly taller. She's not, she's just a much larger person. And there's this, uh, this dominating presence. Like, like she just controls the room she's in. Uh, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed this movie overall. Uh, I don't know that it's one I'm going to rush personally myself to see again, but it's definitely one that I'm going to recommend other people check out for sure. 
yeah, this is going on my list of uh, recommendations for very niche interests. Um, of course, to no one's surprise, I have a very <laughs> long document like, with the specific genres that you're interested in and some recommendations. And this one's getting put on there. I was very, very surprised, especially because I was a little bored, but yep. still paying attention at the beginning. Um and then the way it amps up, I did not expect in the least. Yeah, I, it, I also very much really, uh, really, really enjoyed uh, yeah. the the subtle presence of religion in the film, right? There is that suggestion in the opening sequence uh, that she's reading these horrific stories of, of terrible things, and they're coming from the Bible, which I don't know how many stories from the Bible you know, but there is some terrible shit in that book so far as violence and brutality uh it's pretty aggressive at times uh but i liked how it, it serves as a backdrop that informs their situation but the movie is never explicitly a critique of religion right or a critique of christianity uh it uh it it layers that in as part of the culture that this movie happens in and definitely makes it clear that there's an element of influence from it here but it certainly doesn't place the entire burden solely on the religious factor yeah i thought it was just kind of one of those things that was there but was definitely not responsible for what's going on the person responsible for all of this was Monse's horrific father not jesus yeah yeah, <laughs> that, yeah and that I, father is I, a piece of garbage i and I, I really appreciate that uh you know obviously uh sometimes horror movies do uh require a bleak ending uh, and that there is that very much that implication that the cycle has now started all over again with this horrific experience that the girl has had uh, with Monse. Uh, you know, she <laughs> she finds her father's corpse in a boarded up fireplace uh, and there's a picture in there. And you said you had figured it out. I'll be honest with you. I, I figured it out kind of the instant she said there's like when she's sitting there dying because because the girl has stabbed her several times uh, in defense of herself. When Monse says there is a photo of you with your mother, for some reason, just that line, it just like just immediately rolled into my head. I'm like, oh, shit, she's going to find the picture and it's going to be her. She's the mother, not the sister. So I did catch it, but it didn't hit me until right before the reveal. I caught about 20 to 30 minutes in. Just one of the interactions with the father, I went, he's kind of lusting after her. That's kind of gross. I picked up the implications and I went, I have ideas of just how bad this guy is. Because the way that they were saying that the mother died in childbirth, I just kept being like, I don't know. That feels off. I'm really suspicious of yeah. this man and his gigantic eyebrows. I don't trust him. So, uh, yeah, I picked it up and I was like, ha ha. I like, <laughs> yelled while I was watching with my friend. I was yeah. like, I was right. Yeah, I knew it's, it. Uh, so proud. so I, I think overall, uh, I, I got to recommend you go take a look at Shrew's Nest. Again, especially if you like uh, Stephen Kingy, more real life horror. Uh, more rooted in you know the, there's not no supernatural elements here uh, they I mean uh, the the presence of the father is very clearly not a ghost it's a it's something happening in Monse's head it's a depiction of her uh, her psychosis 
in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but uh, it's a very straightforward, real-world uh, type of horror movie. Again, fair warning, especially towards the end, it does get very violent and very bloody. So if you're a little squeamish, this might not be, you know, you might want to at least steal yourself going in. Uh, but yeah, if you find yourself on a rainy day looking for something to watch on Shudder, I can't recommend Shrew's Nest highly enough. As I have learned from Duolingo, this movie is muy bueno. <laughs> Or, oh, uh, <laughs> la película es muy buena. Haha, ha, I'm learning. Thanks, Owl. Esta película. Oh. Esta película. But I was saying this the movie. Picture. I was saying the movie. Right. But so. I'm saying this picture. Okay, whatever. So. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Duolingo, thank you for helping. Oh. <laughs> well, so, uh, with that kind of mind, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, what do we got coming up next week on We Watch Shudder? We have a movie called Nocebo, and I try not to know much about movies, but I do know that mov- that this has Eva Green in it, and Eva Green can do no wrong, so I'm very worried. Please don't do me any wrong, Eva. I love you. I love you so much. Um, don't don't what, screw up this movie. What did we say the title of the movie was? Nocebo. Oh, right. Nocebo, like placebo, except with a no at the beginning. Yes, nocebo. And that's literally all I know about it is that it's called nocebo. And now I know and that. And now Ava you know Green that it has Eva Green. Right. I just and love her. I so saw my her entire assumption based on the name nocebo is that it probably has something to do with. Uh, uh, I don't know if that relates to placebos is all, but because they sound similar, I'm assuming there's a connection. I guess we'll all find out together. Uh, nocebo is an actual term for stuff, which now I won't tell you what it means, but there, it's a word used outside of this movie. So, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll have to watch the movie. Well, to thanks out. for ruining my night, Michelle. Now I'm just going to spend the day no, researching I'm nocebos and find out what that's all about. You better not. We have a movie to watch that's next fair. week. That's fair. <laughs> you can't know what it is. So you're going to have to find out from Ava Green, the beautiful statuesque human that she is. She'll tell you. I don't know how it relates to this movie anyway. I just know it. Uh, it, The first time I saw Ava Green was in that weird movie about the Crusades that I think Ridley Scott made. But the first time I remember Ava Green is as Vesper Lind in the first Daniel Craig James Bond movie, Casino Royale. And yes, uh, what an attractive human being. <laughs> uh, Penny Dreadful. I'm all okay. about Penny yeah. Dreadful. Right I on, love right her. On. Yep. So no SIBO. Okay. Well, enough about Ava Green. We can keep it for, for next week. Um, I will be fawning over her, and I hope the movie doesn't suck, but I will still love her all the same. She's like a... Oh my God, why did I forget Daniel's out? Nope, not Daniel. Nope, <laughs> never mind. The Cash movie person. Oh, this is why I said I'm terrible with names. So if like I had a little sister who I had raised and she was actually my daughter, I would just forget <laughs> her name too. So that's why for me, I'm like, fuck, hang on. Let me, I wrote it down someplace. Hang on. What did I call you? Oh, your name is the girl. Okay, I figured it out. <laughs> Good night, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs>